Mitch Ferrellis, Steve Zinsmeister, Arizona Sports Saturday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Trev, what do you think he's going to perform with first? You think it's this or you think it's something else? I think he's going to come out with something from the My Way album. Okay. That came out in the 90s. So you think he's going old school to start? I think he'll start old school and then bring it all the way up to some current. What okay. if Usher comes out and just does all new music? <laughs> he does his whole that new album take off so many people. <laughs> I mean, if you look on social media, everybody asking where you're going to watch the Usher concert at. <laughs> Usher hasn't been like super, super relevant in a long time. I it feel has like. been a while. Yeah. I know this is kind of like a part of his resurgence. He's got an album coming out, what, next year or maybe yeah. later this year? Really soon, yeah. Um, so this is just promotion for his revival, I feel like. What if he came out and just did nothing you've ever heard before? That would be interesting. But no, also, it wouldn't. It would Everyone would turn it off. They'd be like, where is <laughs> where is all the songs I love? Well, yeah, that's fair. Um, I can't wait. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping he brings out little John. Ooh. I'm hoping he brings him out. Uh, that would be fun. Just someone starts screaming, yeah, from behind the scenes and then bursts out. Yeah, okay. He's got to be in Vegas right now, isn't he? Lil John? doesn't he perform there like weekends? I think he does, I yeah. Like a club or something? It sucks that the biggest performer in the world is going to be in the building and won't perform. Dun, dun, doesn't dun. that kind of stink? Well, Just I a do, little bit. Well, I do have a tease at our 1230. I was going to make a bold statement at 1230. Ooh. Oh, okay. You got okay. a bold prediction? Yeah, I told right. Trev about our bold predictions, and I welcomed him to join us. So I like that Trevor has an awesome tease that I didn't think of. That's good. That's good. We had Trev behind the glass back after his nice little hiatus. Steve and Mitch, we're here with you in the Auction Community Studios final hour here on this Saturday. And we are reacting to what has happened at the trade deadline for the Suns. Of yeah. course, they added Royce O'Neal and David Roddy. Sent out four players and three picks along the way. Spare parts, basically. But it sounds like they're built their, they've built the team in the image that they want it to be, right? They've improved in the areas that they hope to improve in. But it's not just about the Suns. It's about everybody else, right? It's about what do the teams around the Suns do to better themselves? Like the Suns are in competition with all these other teams in the West. So let's think about this real quick. Is there anything that really stood out to you about what Denver did? Oh, wait, hold on. Uh, they didn't do anything. They didn't do anything. Is there anything that stood out to you about what the Clippers did at the trade deadline? Oh, um, wait, they didn't really do anything. What about the Pelicans? Oh, no, they didn't do anything. Warriors? No. Lakers? No. There were really only two teams in the West that made significant moves. But I wonder if we can even call them significant moves. Well... I'm assuming you're talking about the top two teams in the West. So OKC added Gordon Hayward, who good player. He's going to be a rotation guy. Is he going to be one of their starters? I don't know. Maybe not on that young team. The Mavericks added Daniel Gafford and PJ Washington in separate deals, yeah. but they also gave up on Grant Williams and Seth Curry, a name that we talked about a few minutes ago. And then the other one was the Minnesota Timberwolves, who didn't make a major move, but they added some depth in getting Monte Morris out of Detroit. Like, what about those three moves that those teams made screams at you, oh, that makes me feel frightened as a Suns fan? Uh, no, definitely not. Yeah. It was a kind of inactive trade deadline. It was, I mean, there were moves made, but not a lot of significant, certainly not a lot of star players moving, if any. Um, but looking at the Western Conference specifically, you bring up the Timberwolves. I mean, they're 36 and 16. They're half a game up on the Thunder. Those are the two best teams in the West right now. Yep. In terms of where they sit in the standings, I would still say the Clippers and the Nuggets are probably 
uh, up there as well. Right. The Timberwolves are not accustomed to being at the number one seed. So they are trying to make a couple of moves to maintain what they have. They realize next year might not be grass so green, Mm -hmm. so to speak. So you got to make some moves now to try to capitalize on that. The Thunder, although I, I think that they're in great position for the future because of how young their core is, they add a veteran that has been on winning teams before. And so I think that's a really smart move for them. In fact, it might be the perfect move for them. You don't have to give up too much. You get a player who's capable, been in big moments. Um, and so I, I love that for them. But the Clippers, they're starting to connect with what they've already changed. I mean, the James Harden move was probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest move of the regular season. And so they're still adjusting to that and capitalizing on that. Like you could say that the biggest success for the Clippers is the fact that they made the big James Harden trade, didn't really give up all that much, looking back on it. And are where they are right now because they made that trade. Like, they didn't really need to make another deadline move. No. They could have, but what would they have done that improves the team the way it stands right now? With the way that they're succeeding right now? I mean, they're 21-12 and 12 against the rest of the West. And they started 0-5 after they acquired Harden. Just the amazing turnaround and the amazing way that they've been able to reconfigure how that team looks and operates. Huge success to Ty Lue. And huge success to the players on that team. Another part of it, though, they've been healthy. They've been really, really healthy this year. Not a lot of time missed for James Harden as a Clipper, I should quantify, qualify. Not a lot of time missed for Kawhi Leonard this year. Not a lot of time missed for Paul George. Russell Westbrook, he doesn't miss games like ever. Yeah, they're, they've been missing some games with Avita Zubats here and there. but That's not as big of a thing. They've been a very healthy, competitive team this year. Yeah, and then you look at the Nuggets. I mean, the Clippers and the Nuggets, I think the the dangers you face when you play them in the playoffs, we know what it is. It's Jokic, it's Jamal Murray, and it's Porter, and it's Gordon. I mean, like, all those guys, those pieces weren't changing. So right. I'm not saying they couldn't have improved at the trade deadline. You probably could have in some way, like the Suns tried to, but... They didn't have a lot of wiggle room there. No. The Clippers don't have a lot of wiggle room. The Suns no. didn't have a lot of wiggle room, but they still found some. I mean, they See, paid a lot of money for it. I'm surprised mostly by the Thunder because they had all the wiggle room in the world and still only made one move. Yeah, they could have done more, I guess. But also, when you're trying to build the team the way they are, with draft capital and sending players out for draft picks and then and then spending those picks, I mean, they're they're a very transactional team. Right. That's just how their GM has always operated. And so, um, yeah, I guess they could have done more, but I think their trade was pretty much the, the ideal fit for their franchise. It's the teams below the Suns that surprise me. The inaction by the Kings, the Pelicans. I know you mentioned the Mavericks moves. I didn't think they were all that inspiring to me. The Lakers didn't do much, but they did add Spencer Dinwiddie today in the buyout market. Which I don't know if I fully understand, but I'm curious to see how it'll work out. That's a decent player. He's, I, he's been good over the years. It's not a diss on Dinwiddie. It's just that's another guy that needs the basketball in yeah. his hands. And you have LeBron, you have AD, you have D'Angelo Russell. Austin Reeves can play so well off of the ball, but are you going to add really a fourth ball handler to your lineup? I wonder if it's a defensive thing. I haven't looked at the defensive metrics on Dinwiddie, and if they were really great, I'm sure he wouldn't have been cut. Um, but, yeah, no, the Lakers haven't done a ton outside of that. And so and the Warriors are currently sitting in 11th trying to figure out, you know, we're one game under 500. Uh, you know, do we really, really try to go all in and go for it when we're in 11th? Right. 
I mean, you might be in the play-in tournament, but do you have a real good shot at another championship with the way the roster is currently constructed? So, um, yeah, I, I think the West was pretty inactive at the deadline. Which means that we, sh- we as Suns fans should have nothing to fear, right? Generally speaking? Not nothing, man. I mean, those teams that were inactive are still really great teams. I mean, this is the hilarity of it. The Wolves, the Thunder, the Clippers, and the Nuggets are a bunch right now. 36 or 35, uh, 34 wins for the Clippers, 35 for the Thunder, 36 for the Nuggets and Wolves. Right. Five games back from that bunch is the Suns. Yeah. And they're the second tier right now. Yeah. If we were to group it up basically into tiers of four, it's those four. And then you got Suns, Kings, Pelicans, Mavs. And then you got Lakers, Jazz, Warriors, and Rockets, who are like the flirty teams right. that could entertain a trip to the play in tournament, but probably not good enough to go all the way. I think you got to feel good, though, because if you're the Suns, the season started pretty rocky. And we didn't know did. what this team was until mid December. December was really bad for the Suns, and then January was equally great. And so if you're going to have it anyway, you'd have it the way it is, which is they're starting to get their footing. They're finally healthy. They haven't had to worry too much about the big three missing a lot of time, knock on wood. And so I think they're in a pretty good spot. They may be second tier to some of those other teams you just mentioned, but they're quickly climbing that ladder. And you look at their record recently. I mean, the Suns are in that top echelon of teams in the West. I still think they're as good as the Thunder or the Timberwolves, they to just, be honest. They just have to stay healthy. Because I think we've learned that the healthy Phoenix Suns team is exactly who they want to be and can c- contend with anybody in the West. The unhealthy Phoenix Suns team, they'll be lucky to get out of the first round. As soon as any of those big... Th- now, the exception being Thursday night when Devin Booker wasn't available to play. He's going to be back tonight, but Devin Booker wasn't available to play, but the Suns were able to boat race the Jazz. That's an anomaly game, but more often than not, if they have just two of those guys on the floor, it could go any direction. It could be a blowout win. It could just as much be a blowout loss. The healthy Suns, though, the big three Suns, almost unstoppable. Almost unstoppable. So if you ignore win-loss record, okay? Reorder the Western Conference 1-5. to five by vibes, by how, how? Yeah, yes, by vibes. Like how good you think those teams are, and we'll find out where the Suns fit in your top five. Nuggets one, okay, I agree. Thunder two, Clippers three, Suns four, Wolves five. See, I was gonna go Nuggets one. I agree with you on that. They're still defending champs. Still got the best player in the world. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go Clippers two because I truly believe that they've figured something out with their three-star players. Okay. Four-star players, if you want to count Russell Westbrook. I'm going to go Suns three, Thunder four, Timberwolves five. I still don't know if I believe in the Timberwolves. And Shea Gilgis-Alexander is an MVP candidate. Might win the thing. So I think the Thunder deserve to be in the top four. So that, I mean, if you reorganize based on how you feel, based on vibes, and I know that's not like a super quantifiable thing. Of course. uh, We feel pretty good about where the Suns are at, right? Can they finish top four seed? There are five games out right now, and there's about 30 games left. Can they finish in that top four? So they they secure a a home game. A home game, yeah. A home series. Home series, yeah. What I don't know words. You know, you take it out. It's your (laughs) You want me to take that tease? How about this for a tease? I need a breather. How is Cliff Kingsbury going to change the entire 
NFL draft. We'll tell uh, you next on Arizona Sports Saturday. Ooh. Mitch and Steve on Arizona Sports Saturday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. A former head coach of the Arizona Cardinals might play a significant role in what happens for the Cardinals in the NFL draft. What does Cliff Kingsbury have to do with the Cardinals picking fourth? Well, he's the new offensive coordinator in Washington, D.C., was going originally to the Raiders, and then that whole thing fell apart live when we were on the air last yeah, that Saturday. Happened just before we were about to hit air, and we were following it the way through, and the name that everybody threw out there was the Commanders. Watch the Washington Commanders. By the end of the show, he was a part pretty of the Commanders. Much, he was pretty much there. <laughs> yeah. Monday, it was official. Dan Quinn talked about him on Monday. But everybody's talking about it and trying to figure out, all right, well, what does this mean for Arizona? This could mean a couple of things. Number one, we could figure out how good of a play caller Cliff Kingsbury actually is. Yeah. That was always that was always talked about as his calling card, but we never really got to see him succeed. Right under five hundred at his alma mater in Texas Tech, their head coach, just two weeks as the USC OC before getting hired by the Cardinals, they had one winning season with Cliff. Then he gets fired, goes to USC again. This time to be an offensive analyst with a name that we're going to bring up very shortly. And then gets hired out of Washington to go to the Raiders to be their OC. Contract falls apart. Goes to the Commanders. The significance of the guy that he was working with at USC, quarterback Caleb Williams. The Commanders are the second overall pick. Which is probably not going to land them Caleb Williams where they are right now. But Chicago has the number one pick. So how they don't necessarily need a quarterback. And how badly do the commanders want Caleb Williams as their starting QB next year? Yeah. So there's a lot of factors at play here. One of which is what you just said. How bad do the commanders want Caleb Williams? Would they be willing to trade up with Chicago? And what would that take? And we Mm -hmm. can get to that in here in a second. Another factor, obviously, is where does Caleb Williams want to go? Because we've heard before this, this would not be the first time we've heard, oh, I don't know about Chicago. Right. But then you get other reports that say, well, we were open to it. I think there's just a lot of noise. Yeah. In terms of Caleb Williams and his mostly his dad are trying to create leverage. Right. Sure. They're trying to create the idea that, hey, if you want my services, it's going to be with the team that I want to play for. Wouldn't be the first player to do it. Won't be the last. And it's not like we are unaware of this outspokenness from Caleb Williams' dad about the draft process. Remember sure. the GQ article all the way back in September, I think it was, where he said the draft system is flawed, et cetera, et cetera. How come players don't get to choose where they go? This could set up a situation where Caleb does get to choose where he go, s- goes, finish your words, Mitch, in a <laughs> reunion of sorts with Cliff Kingsbury in D.C. We also don't know yet that Chicago wants to move off of Justin Fields. We don't know that for a fact. And they're never going to tell us. No, and they shouldn't. We're um, ne- here's what it's going to Here's when we're going to know. Probably on draft night is when we're going to know. Uh yeah, based on the player that they pick. It's if it's either, not a quarterback, Justin Fields is the guy. It's either right? going to be whoever the Bears pick or whoever the Bears trade with is right. going to tell us everything we need to know about the Bears plans. 100%. And quite frankly, I, I think there's a scenario where they could trade down and still draft the quarterback of the future. Sure. Because I mean, if you go down one spot, right. take Drake May, right. that's pretty good. Or Jaden Daniels or whoever you love. Sure. I, I don't know. But Ian Rappaport, NFL Network, had a story just this morning. We're looking at the same thing. 
uh, talking about the scenario of trading for the number one overall pick. And I think even though it's not specifically mentioned in here, I think this applies very specifically to Washington and Cliff Kingsbury and his connection to Caleb Williams. Because he says in the article that Chicago would need a historic haul of draft picks and overall compensation to move off of the first pick in the 2024 NFL draft. One person said it would have to be, quote, crazy. Now, you and I both know, of course, Chicago has to put this out there that they want a historic haul. Sure. What are they going to say? Like, eh, you, it could probably be had. Like, no, they're not going to say that. <laughs> we're entertaining offers and right. we're listening as low as a third round pick for the. No, come on. Dude, every time the first overall pick gets traded, it's for a historic haul. Uh huh. You're setting a new precedent every year. time. Look at last year. Bingo. Moving up from nine to one cost this year's first, last year's first, and a top wide receiver. That's just the three things that I remember were in that trade hall, right? Think about what it would take this time around to get somebody who everybody's assuming is the next Wunderking. Now, Rappaport mentions in this article that because Chicago wants a quote-unquote crazy haul, that that indicates that the Bears are more likely than not to make the pick and land their new franchise quarterback, thereby probably trading uh, Justin Fields at some point. That's how he interprets it. I actually see it the opposite way. Okay, I see it as them asking for a massive haul, saying it's going to take a crazy offer, and then they're going to take it if they get it. I don't think this necessarily precludes them from trading uh, the number one pick. I think it actually makes it, it, it opens the door a little bit. I think there's also a slight over-exaggeration of this asking price that they're rumored to be putting out there. Well, yeah, it's the number one pick. They literally just did this last year. I'm sure somebody started by offering this year's first for them, next year's first for them. Like, that's a pretty good place to start. I don't know about you. Seemed to work out for them last year. Could you imagine a scenario where Caleb Williams pulls a, I don't know, name a quarter, Eli Manning, John Elway, where Chicago wants to take him number one overall. But he's like, I don't want to play for Chicago. I want to play for blank. I want to play for Cliff Kingsbury. I want to play for my quarterback's coach or my senior analyst, whatever the heck he was. But then you know who loses all the leverage in that deal? Chicago. Exactly. But you're in a scenario where the only player I'm picking at one, this, this is my scenario, the only player I'm picking at one is Caleb Williams. I want Caleb Williams. Yep. But he doesn't want me, and he refuses to play for me. My only option left on the table is to take the deal, negotiate a deal which, with Washington at two to move up to one. I still get the draft assets. I could still take a quarterback at two Mm -hmm. if I want to replace Justin Fields and then move him for other assets. So now I'm building even more on that. Right. Or I stick with Justin Fields and I get the best player in the draft, like a Marvin Harrison Jr. at two. That's another option. I can totally see this scenario playing out depending on Caleb Williams' relationship with Cliff Kingsbury. And, of course, head coach Dan Quinn. And what that means for the Cardinals? They're probably going to get Marvin Harrison Jr. Or... The player that they want the most. Because it sounds like it's going to be a fist fight for the best possible quarterbacks in the draft in the top three picks. Which means that the Cardinals are probably in the exact perfect spot that they need to be to take the best player that they could possibly take. Real wild card is the number three pick. 
Uh, you've got the New yeah. England Patriots, and I know it's it's probably the safest bet to say they take a quarterback because Mac Jones ain't the answer. Bailey, Bailey Zappi really ain't the answer. Come on. Um, so new regime, new head coach. More importantly, new GM because Bill Belichick ain't calling the shots anymore. I don't think they've hired yet, if I'm not mistaken. Fair enough. So you're in a scenario where new regimes like to have their guy. And if they can get Drake May at three, if they can get Jaden Daniels at three, I think he'll certainly be there. Um, If they feel strongly that their quarterback of the future is at three, that's great for the Cardinals because you and I both agree the Cardinals are not going quarterback. So they'd like to have everything on the table at number four and potentially get their number one player on the board at number four. That's still a possibility depending on what the Patriots do at number three. But this may be the most intriguing and up in the air one through four that I've ever seen in an NFL draft. Can we close with Stephen A's reaction to Cliff being hired by the uh, commanders, by the way? Oh, is this good? This is. I'll bet this is good. This is a 44 second portion of what was <laughs> okay. about a three minute rant. Are you ready? Yeah. Oops. They didn't I'm, I'm probably not ready. That's unfortunate. Oh, I realized somebody decided to mute this computer. That would have been really embarrassing if I had tried to play sound all day. All right. How Nobody about like radio, folks. How about now? All we ever knew about him, he had a good relationship with Patrick Mahomes. Oh, he had a good relationship with Patrick, uh, with Kyler Murray. What the hell is he doing? Taking him to Maestro's? Or catch or something? You know, smooth it? What is he doing? Because when we see him on a football field, when he's with him, they don't accomplish much. And I love Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray could ball. If anything, I think Kingsbury held him back. So all I'm saying is, when we look at it from that perspective, how do you go from being in college football where you accomplished virtually nothing to getting a head coaching job and somehow that's justification for him to be an offensive coordinator bypassing a whole bunch of people that can, that, that, that's been in the NFL doing a hell of a lot more than he did. They say in this industry you can go deaf pretty quickly just having to wear <laughs> headphones and all that stuff. Yeah, I, know, you I, I know you weren't here last week, Trev. I pretty much did that rant last week, but without any yelling. It was very calm, cool, and collected, but I I very politely informed everyone that Cliff Kingsbury continues to fail upward. Sounds like I need to go find that clip. Yeah. I mean, he's right. Stephen A's right. He was a losing coach in college. He went to USC for two weeks, gets uh, a Cardinals gig. They win nothing. It doesn't make sense. They win nothing. He goes back to USC. They went eight and five with the best player in the world. That makes no sense. And now he's the OC in Washington, where they don't have a quarterback yet. Good luck. Good luck. Godspeed to you all. I did that without yelling. Coming up next, maybe we'll yell over this. Three bold predictions for Super Bowl 58. What? Me, Steve, and Trev. Next on Arizona Sports Saturday. Mitch Ferreldis, Steve Zinsmeister, Arizona Sports Saturday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hope you got your nachos ready. Super Bowl is tomorrow. I'm doing a nacho bar at my oh, house. I was going to say, wait, nachos? Yeah, nacho bar at my house. Ooh, that's what we're doing. That's tasty. It's going to be great. I don't know what my uh, fried pickles. My party host has planned. And I don't want to put him on the spot either. Uh, see, so. no, no party for me. No Super Bowl party. What? It's just me and the girls whoa, whoa, at home. Whoa, 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 whoa. Nacho bar. Really? Yeah, no party. No really? Party. Wow. No, I don't like people that much. <laughs> that <laughs> I, I knew, but even so, like, come on. Come on. It's the Super Bowl. You got to be with no, people. No, I am with people. I'm with I, my I, fiance I and her daughter. Uh, That's all I need. All right, fine. 
And they're bigger football fans than I am. So, I mean, it's, it's good. <laughs> that be. might be a little scary. Uh, they bigger football people. fans than Especially you. the double dip of the Taylor Swift factor of this all. I'm Because oh. I'm, I'm sure that... We'll uh, be counting the number of times right, she shows up exactly. on screen. Yeah. I'm sure oh. we'll have a counter on a whiteboard in our living room or something. Yeah. Um, oh, hold on real quick. Trev, can you hit the, um, the, the NFL films music that we use normally for the Around the NFL? Can we just oh, have that running that? underneath here? Close. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> cool. I was like, NFL films never used that one, did they? <laughs> Still new. Yeah, come here, break. Yeah, no, you're good. <laughs> we get it. It's all good. All right. You have a bold prediction, at least one, right, Trev? I got at least one. Okay, cool. Well, then let's go around the room and do some NFL bold predictions for the Super Bowl. Sure. Is that cool? I'm for it. All right. Even let's... though, you know, we planned this like three hours ago. We did, yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with that? We uh, plan our show. Uh, I it's love fine. Show. All right. Do you want to go first or me? Uh, you go first. All right. Totally serious, bold prediction number one. Oh, boy. Which tells you everything about what I'm going to say. There will be at least one wardrobe malfunction in any of the musical performances that take place during the Super Bowl. So that's Reba, Usher. I think, I think Post Malone is doing America Post the Post is going to be there? I think so. Okay. thought I read that. I hope it's not Post. I hope not either. I hope it, yeah. Gotcha. No offense, but I hope it's Reba. <laughs> I got nothing against Reba. I just, I don't know. You're, you're at the same malfunction for Reba than anybody else? I, I'm just saying. She's my least favorite of the three. I, guess. Got you. I don't know. If it's going to ruin somebody, it might as well be that one. So there you go. Okay. The predicting of wardrobe malfunction. Trev, what do you got? You got a bold prediction? I got Usher slipping in a Taylor Swift lyric in one of his songs. Oh, okay. I and like then they that. cut away to her. In the and book. they cut to her, yep. Yeah. Yeah, that seems like a good bet. And she smiles really big because Usher gave shoulder some love. I love that. <laughs> That's actually interesting. All right, I, I'm going to be the first one to actually throw a football one oh, out there. Is sorry. that okay? Is that what we were supposed to do? Uh, no, I'm fine with you guys doing that because I have some of those All too. Right. But All right. Uh, here's my first bold prediction. Kyle Shanahan will out-coach Andy Reid in the Super Bowl. Hmm. That's not me saying that Kyle Shanahan is a better coach than Andy Reid. I think they're pretty close at this point. But I think there will be a point in the game. It'll be a play design or a well-placed timeout or some sort of challenge. Something in this game will happen where we all look at each other and go, damn, Kyle Shanahan thought to do that and nobody else ever would have. Is this going to be third time's the charm for Kyle? Super, I was just about to say that. Super Bowl with the Atlanta Falcons as their OC, and they have the historic collapse against the Patriots. Super Bowl is the head coach of the Niners against the Chiefs, and they blow a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter. I don't think anybody has more motivation to win this game than Kyle Shanahan. And I think that at some point, we will all look at him and go, I think he just outdid Andy Reid. Holy that'd, cap. That'd be one hell of a Holy way to cap. get your first one, right? You figure he about due for it. Yeah. He's got to be. Like... He's got to get up there with Daddy as far as the uh, Super Bowls are concerned. I hate that you say Daddy. I've done it before. Father. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. Bold prediction number two. Totally serious as well. There will be at least one fan disruption like during this game. a streaker? Sure. A streaker. Somebody who runs onto the field. Maybe even a fight in the stands. Okay. This is Vegas after all. I expect some entertainment from the people that are there. Interesting. So there you go. Will they show it on TV though? You oh, know how they don't not. they don't like to do that. They won't do no, that. They, won't show it. they don't want to give them the publicity. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the announcers will bring it to our attention. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Romo will be screaming, Oh, there he goes, Jim. Let's go. <laughs> All right. What's that, your was, that was not bad. Actually, I got I'm going with a football one. Okay. So I think McCaffrey gets shut down, all the weapons 
gets shut down. Oh, and really? Brock Purdy shows you he's not a game manager. Oof. So he has to win it by himself. He has to win it by himself. Okay, I like this. How does he do that without he's gonna the use weapons Jawan doing well? Jennings, <laughs> Ronnie Bell. Yeah. See, it's interesting. I'll, I'll weave that into my next one because I wrote something kind of similar, but the opposite. Kansas City will barely run the ball at all because hmm. everyone is there to watch Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Nobody is watching this game for Isaiah Pacheco. So you right. think they're going to overplay it in terms of the show aspect? I just think it's going to be a bit of a shootout at times. San Francisco's got a potent offense. I think that Kansas City, what they do best is they throw the ball. Now, they've got a pretty balanced attack throughout the course of the season, but it's like I said, this is the Super Bowl, man. It's about Patrick Mahomes, it's about Travis Kelsey, and it's about Taylor Swift. I understand that. But I don't think they're going to run the ball much at all. I don't think so either. I really don't. They're going to air it out. Yeah. It's not that they're bad at it. And you've seen how the Niners have played the last couple of weeks against these offenses that, man, we're really expecting a lot of the Packers' offense. The Lions' offense, we know how strong they are, but... The Niners' defense got really beat up through the air in both of those games. So, I'm that's pretty good. That's solid. I feel like they're on a mission to make Kelsey the MVP. Well, I have the perfect thing that sets up for that, don't I, then, with this bold prediction. It is actually football-related, for the record. Travis Kelsey will finish the game with three touchdowns. Wow. And he will get two rings. Oh, you took mine. That was oh, mine. No. One for winning the Super Bowl. That was mine. One for future fiance Taylor Swift. Oh, Thank you, man. I, I was. I had that. <laughs> As a recently engaged man myself, I can inform you that the guy does not receive a ring during the engagement. The woman receives the ring. Well, one's for him, and the other one. He and then it's to. on you to get yourself a ring. Yeah, it's, I've I've learned that over the course of the last few months. Oh, I'm sorry, boohoo! You have to get married. I, know, I have to look at I have to uh, look at rings. I've never miserable. worn a ring in my life. We should look at prices. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, believe me, I don't want to look at the prices. But no, I I so listen. I do agree that Travis Kelsey is on track to be the favorite to be the MVP. By the way, yeah. tight end never won the Super Bowl MVP before. Really. No tight end has ever done it. I was looking at it. Our friends at FanDuel, they put the odds for position to an MVP. I think they had tight end at 13 to 1. So for either Kelsey or George Kittle to take home the trophy. Interesting. 13 to 1. I'm like okay that. with that. I'll be okay with that. Can I, I it's worth it. Uh, read you my last one that well, fits into this I, pretty did well? Did I steal anything else that you had, Trev? Well, this blame my last one. Andy <laughs> Reeves retires and then Eric B. Enemy takes over. Ooh. Oh, that's not weird. lame. I like the wrinkle that's... at the end of that, though. That's wow. good. Okay. See, I don't think it's that bold to say he's going to retire. Like, I could see that if he I won. I think it is right? bold to say that they're just going to hire the enemy as the next That's the interesting part. Good job, yeah, I could see that happening. Because he's out of a job in D.C. He kind of felt like the heir apparent in Kansas City, but he got, you know, he basically wore out the welcome because he was just waiting for Andy Reid to go away, and he never did. Maybe this is it. Interesting. Interesting. You said you had one more? We have time for one more. Fits perfect. Because you said that the Super Bowl MVP will be Travis Kelsey. Mm -hmm. I would argue that if the NFL knows what's good for them, Uh oh. The NFL Super Bowl MVP will be Taylor Swift. They will give her the award. So that they can put her on that stage. She might be up there anyway. Yeah, she'll be the Put reverse. her on that stage, give her a microphone, and she speaks. Most watched clip in the NFL's history right there. I should like that give one. the Super Bowl MVP to Taylor Swift. It will be complete nonsense. It won't make sense at all. 
Well, nobody will like it. I mean, the Swifties will like well, it. Well, I was going to say, there's a certain group of people that you know well about that oh, is probably not going to sure. like that at all. <laughs> all the sports fans will be livid. But you know what? It's unique. It's entertaining. It is different. And it will be the most watched clip on the internet for the next month. 100%. Yeah, you're not wrong. I like this. This is fun. It's bold. Thank you for letting me be corny with my uh, bold predictions, by the way. You said daddy. I didn't like it. I didn't like he stole mine at first. Well, yeah, he did do that, too. <laughs> Nobody likes anything that I do, apparently. <laughs> uh, let's close things out, then, because if you didn't know, we have a new street in the Gilbert area. And apparently he shares a stark resemblance to a murderer? Yeah. Next on Arizona Sports Saturday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Mitch and Steve present Footnotes on Arizona Sports Saturday. It's the part of the show where we get to all the other headlines that we need to touch on. And that includes, of course, Brock Purdy, who's getting a lot of attention here locally. His team is in the Super Bowl. He's the starting quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers, in case you didn't know. He got a street very recently over in Gilbert, where he went to high school, Perry High School. They have doubly named, I guess would be the appropriate way to say it, because they didn't change the original street name, but Perry Puma Drive which I believe is just the turn into the high school. Yeah, that would make sense. Is now also Brock Purdy Way. Interesting. Got a street named after him. Like Randy Johnson. Yes. Do they name the street in front of Chase Field? And um, don't the Suns have somebody with a... Do they have one too? I thought... I might. I might. I'll look but, it up. But like, this isn't, not, this isn't uncommon, right? There's like in LA, for example, on the street that connects uh, the Forum to um, SoFi Stadium, Kareem Court. Right after Makes sense. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, so this is really cool. Like, imagine, imagine that you're two years into the NFL and now you've got a street named after you in your hometown. That's pretty cool. That is cool. I feel like going back to high school certainly not a thing that he's going to do a lot. I I don't want to do that either. But no. it's pretty cool that your high school honors you in that way. What's not cool, however, is when you get compared to a murderer. I'm sorry. What? Yeah. Here's what I mean by that. There's circulating on social media, at least in the recent days, of Brock Purdy's resemblance to a murderer. Oh, boy. I'll just play the exchange that he had with the reporter. Here's oh, you and, and uh, Lee Harvey Oswald circling around the internet right now. People think you took the light. Did you ever hear that before? I haven't. That's my first time hearing it. Yeah. What do you think about that comparison? Uh, Physical comparison. Yeah, I don't know. How is he supposed to answer that question? Hey, you look a lot like Lee Harvey Oswald. What do you think about that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What are, what are you supposed to say to that? <laughs> yeah, it's uncanny. It's unbelievable how much I look like that murderer. Way to go. Way to point that out. Oh, my gosh. That's so bizarre. Dude, those media days, you never it's know so what you're going to get out of them. There was, there was one year, I think, what was it? Somebody was asking what Andy Reid's favorite like food was. Right? Like yeah. it's a it's an opportunity for media that never talks to these guys to ask them the most outlandish questions in the world. Somebody asked Andy Reid about uh, acting in commercials and if he thinks his stardom is going to like shoot through the roof, and he was like, "I'm not really focused on that. I'm just glad everybody likes nuggies." <laughs> I was like, "That's all I needed to hear him say." 
It is a fun commercial. Real question, real talk for a second. Okay. And this isn't a slight on Brock Purdy, but do you think he actually knew who Lee Harvey Oswald was when they brought it yeah, up? Yeah, I think he knew who it's he was. It's pretty out of left field. You have to take the social, the the uh, history classes in high school. Oh, no, you? I get it. Yeah, he probably learned at some point. But if somebody brought that up to me like on the spot and I didn't know about it, in the moment I would probably be like, what is he talking about? I mean, I think he handled it as best as he could. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, just don't answer. You want to stick with Brock Purdy for a second? Sure, why not? So last week we were talking about how Herm Edwards declared that he had recruited Brock Purdy out of high school. He's doing damage control. When we learned that to be factually false. Right. Preston Jones, who was the Perry High School head coach when Brock Purdy was the quarterback there, was a guest on this radio station this week. Nice. And also doubled down that ASU did not recruit Brock Purdy. No, they didn't offer him. They they had no interest in him. But at the same time, they're not usually recruiting quarterbacks at, at that time. I don't blame the guy. I mean, he's not the only college. I told a reporter one time, Brock's senior year, I said, there's going to be a lot of college coaches uh, walking down the street kicking a can because they don't have a job <laughs> because of their recruiting problems. And whether Preston Jones is saying it in hindsight or not, I think he knew that Brock Purdy was going to be good. We all knew Herm lied about that. We 100%. all knew. But you know what didn't add up the most to me is that he basically said on ESPN that we didn't recruit Brock because we had Jaden, Jaden Daniels, who went on to win the Heisman there. until a year later. That's the thing that didn't add up. I'm like, you didn't have Jaden. Jaden, by the way, is going to be in this next upcoming NFL draft. Brock has been in the NFL for two years and might win a Super Bowl this weekend. So yep. the timing doesn't add up for anything that Herm Edwards says. I, I don't think you can believe a thing not. out of his mouth anymore. Of course not. I really don't. I think he believes he did the right thing. And that's what makes it even worse. Do you hear about the issues that the 49ers have been dealing with this week? Or the complaints that they've had? Being compared to murderers? No, no, no. no. Less serious things, you know. Oh, okay. There's been complaints about the conditions of the practice field that they've been working on. I think they're practicing on UNLV's fields because the teams are staying in, like, Henderson. They are nowhere near downtown Las Vegas. Yeah, it's like a suburb. And apparently, in the hotel they were staying at, somebody pulled the fire alarm... And they all had to wake up at a moment's notice and evacuate the hotel. And Christian McCaffrey was asked about it this week. It's not the first time that's happened to us this year. It's not random. I don't care what anyone says, but it is what it is. You know, I think when you're on the road, you have to expect adversity, and that's part of it. It's it's a fire alarm. It's it's nothing, you know. You got to wake up a few minutes earlier and just kind of piss us off a little bit, which is fine. <laughs> but, yeah, it is what it is. That's a classic Chiefs move. So he, he <laughs> thinks there was a there was a plant. There's a it little wasn't games, an accident. There's a little gamesmanship going on there. No, let's be honest. It's probably not somebody on the Chiefs or even employed by the Chiefs. I'm sure it's somebody who knew Is they it were a staying fan? at the hotel. Yeah. And they're like, I'm going to do something funny and I'm going to go to jail for it. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah, right? that'll be interesting to see if they find out who did it. You've been paying attention at all to the uh, Phoenix Open this week? Yeah. I haven't gone out there, but yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. We've been paying attention because the the rain has been off and on. The the weather's been, it's been good-ish. It's been miserable. Um, so many great stories have come out of it just from this station alone. Uh, Thursday, Larry Gatos, the man that you work with most weeks. I do. He attended the Open on the Thursday. It was raining so bad that his clothes were soaked. And... Soaked so bad that he had to rush to the store to buy a new set of clothes. And stop me if I'm wrong. No, he did. Had to rush to the store, buy a new set of clothes for the show. Yeah. And accidentally bought women's leggings yeah, in he, the process. Yeah, he called me from the open. 
He called me and he said, Steve, it is so wet. Uh, he's, I've, I've never been so wet in my entire life. <laughs> it was a very awkward conversation. I'm not going to lie. And he said... They had to be uncomfortable. He said, my shoes are wet. My, my socks are wet. My underwear is wet. Everything I'm wearing is wet. And he was like, I, I realize we have a show to do in like an hour, but I have to go to Target. He was like, I have to go to the store and buy new clothes before I come to work or else I will be extremely uncomfortable all day. So he ended up at Ross dress for less. Mm-hmm. And he bought all new clothes. He was wearing a, a son's t-shirt that was clearly too tight. Uh, he was wearing women's leggings and he didn't wear shoes the whole day because nope. they had to dry. That wasn't the only thing he didn't wear the rest of that show. Well, yeah. He also went commando for the rest of the show. That was not the... Please tell me there's a photo of this. Uh, of him going commando? No. There's no, no, not commando. No, 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 not commando. There's no photo of that. I want to make that very clear to HR. Um, and then, as if that wasn't bad enough, our great intern with yeah. KTAR and Arizona Sports, Aaron. Yep. With an A. Aaron with an A. Aaron with an A. She was out at the open with a good buddy of ours, Tyler Drake. Yeah. And she became part of live play. She a got ball, nailed by a rogue ball. A ball made contact with her Not on the 18th kidding. hole. Not so you, a joke. You know, like on the 18th, there's a long fairway stretch and there's a hill up to the right side. And she was on that hill. Nowhere near the fairway, by the way. You would not expect to be hit by a ball at a professional golfing uh-uh. event. Uh-uh. And it hit the sign, like the WM Phoenix Open sign, and then hit her in the back. She's okay. She said she barely felt it. No damages, um, no sue. But you better believe I put her on the air like an hour later. I was like, <laughs> get that intern on the air. That is hilarious. Me, I would have flopped like I got hurt or something. Yeah, dude. Play it up. <laughs> Like you're going to sue the golfer, workman's comp, uh, whatever you can get. Whatever you can get. Hey, it's been a fun week. It's been a fun day. Looking forward to the Super Bowl tomorrow. We'll be back next Saturday to recap it all and much, much more. Have a great rest of your weekend.